And back on Tiger Talk here on this Wednesday night. Mike Harbin with you. A little bit later on, we'll be talking with Nevada Tiger and wrestling coach David Hawks. And uh, I'll be coming up with the next segment. Tony Abadie will have that interview. Right now, we talk Nevada Tiger basketball. Head coach Sean Gray. What a week the uh, Nevada Tigers have had since uh, we last visited last Wednesday. And again, doing this show on Tuesday night because of the uh, rescheduling of the Pleasant Hill date, which will now be tomorrow night on our normal night for Tiger Talk, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But again, thanks for finding us on our on a night that uh, we normally have play-by-play coverage, but uh, switching it up a little bit. But uh, just as an overview, Sean, obviously, uh, what a big what a big week you had, and uh, capped off obviously by winning the. We're going to break each game down, but what a week uh, to win that championship of the Carthage Invitational, and uh, just kind of took it on a lot of big dogs and uh, came home with the hardware. It was a great week. For our guys, Mike, we sure are excited about the effort and and just the the uh, you know just the level of play that we were able to get to over the over those three games in the Carthage tournament, and uh, we won it back in sixteen, and then before that, I think it was nineteen ninety six, maybe was the last time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anytime you can win a tournament, it's special. When you win a tournament with the history and tradition that that uh, of the Carthage tournament and that we have in the Carthage tournament. Uh, Maybe it's even a little bit more special, and uh, man, our, our guys just played their tails off, played played really, really hard, and we're very proud of them. Do you think like Do you think that this uh, this championship kind of put your your team on the map? Not that you weren't already, but made you more noticeable to to teams at least in the four state area. I think with with uh, with social media the way it is now, it's really easy to see over a weekend what teams won tournament titles around the state. So I, I think some people uh, with with some of the articles in the in the of course our local coverage uh, that, that you guys in the Daily Mail did, and then the Joplin Globe, the Ozark Sports Zone. I, you know, uh, it was blasted out there. I think that that we won the tournament, and, and so yeah, probably some people notice that that maybe would not have caught notice otherwise. But um, you know, people around here I think knew this was a group of young men who play extremely hard, a group of young men who have a lot of ability, a lot of skill, and and uh, have the potential to be just just a really really good ball club. Well, you started off uh, on Thursday by taking on the uh, Lebanon Yellow Jackets out of the uh, out of the Ozark Conference. Pick up your first win of the tournament, fifty three to thirty nine, and uh, tie ball game at halftime, fifteen fifteen. But uh, took control in the uh, second quarter by outscoring them fifteen to six, and then uh, kind of had control of it the rest of the way. What stood out uh, for you in the game against Lebanon on Thursday? Going into that game, we knew that that limiting uh, Quentin Shelton would be a key. He was averaging 30 points a game, and then their first couple coming into that, and uh, averaging like 25 shot attempts in those two games. So really, everything ran through him. Our guys did a heck of a job, namely Lane McNeely on not allowing Shelton to have touches, uh, not allowing him to uh, play the game in, a, in his comfort zone, so to speak. And I think that just carried over to the rest of their team. They were a little out of sync offensively. Lebanon played hard, was very well coached, and uh, you know it, it took it took four quarters of good basketball for us to put them away. And uh, led by Logan Applegate with 23 points, he'd been fighting the flu bug in the first half of the week. Obviously, he was feeling better on Thursday. He was, and it's one thing we love about this team, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it mm-hmm. as as we go along here through these three games. But we have different guys with the capability of stepping up and carrying the load on a given night. And and on Thursday night, uh, it was Logan and. Uh, he sure did have a sh- hot shooting hand, which uh, you know he is one of the better shooters uh, in the area. 
Well, you moved on to the uh, game on Friday then. That set you up against the host team, the, the Carthage Tigers, in the primetime slot, I guess you could say, the 7 o'clock game on Friday night, and uh, pick up a 48-22 victory. And uh, I remarked to you before, uh, after the game was over, that knew your defense was good, but holding a Carthage team has uh, has Alex Martini, some other pieces, to hold them down to 22 points, 9 of 37 shooting from the field, 24.5%. Uh, that's a phenomenal night defensively. It sure was, Mike, and there were some things going into that. So you know that Carthage hasn't been in the gym for a real long time with all of their guys due to their football success. Also, uh, their their point guard, Marcus Huntley, was out battling some sickness. So so they were probably a little bit rusty, a little bit discombobulated uh, going into the game. But that being said, still had some really nice pieces, some some players that can really do a lot of things. And to, to limit them like that on, on their home court after they'd had a pretty – pretty good offensive outputs in the in the previous night against Belton uh, was something we were proud of and then to not have had seen a post player of Alex Martini's size and ability and, and to limit him to work together as a group to not allow him to just have his way inside was, was another thing we were really proud of. And again, you are led by Logan Applegate with 15, but this time uh, Logan McNeely, the other Logan, joined him right in with 15 points as well. And uh, with the graduation of uh, Matthew Thompson from a year ago, you knew he had to find another scorer, and uh, Logan McNeely has uh, proven to be that to be that third scorer that you were looking for. Yeah, Mike. We, I, I've said this to someone maybe on, on, on this show that I think Logan especially and even Lane and Noah are, are probably pretty underrated as scorers, and that's probably given the fact that Logan Applegate and Dalton Gaiman deservedly so get a lot of attention for their abilities. But uh, Logan McNeely is is a phenomenal perimeter shooter, and he has a, a good knack for getting to the basket and scoring around the basket as well. Uh, so I think we will see many times throughout the season where he's able to get into double figures and give us that extra scoring punch that we need. Yeah, he's averaging right now. at He's up to uh, 10.8 points a ball game. But as you said, what's been remarkable about him has been his three-point uh, three shooting percentage, which is well over 40% at this point. And uh, uh, he's just – he's got – if he's in that left corner, it's probably going to go down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we, we've got a few different plays that get shots from different spots. And these guys that can make them, you know, when we're talking about late clock situations or, or quick hitters – I remember as a shooter, there there are certain spots on the floor when you just feel more comfortable, and that's one of the spots that he really likes, and uh, mm-hmm. hopefully that continues throughout the season. Well, he has three of five in the three-point line in the uh, ball game against Carthage, and the other numbers that kind of struck out to me, uh, rebounding, out-rebounding Carthage 32-19 to 19 in that game. That was something going into the season that we really talked about needed to be an emphasis with this group, with maybe our total height and total size not being what it has been in years past. And to this point, Mike, we've we've been pretty pleased. Other than a few small stretches, this group has rebounded about as well as could be expected, and uh, we have to do that to have success. And they've done a good job of it so far. And memory serves. Carthage is on our schedule again later this season, and uh, that's here, I believe, here in Nevada, if I remember right. Is that the, I think there? we go to Carthage okay. this year, Mike. I think it's typically kind of mid January, right. maybe. Right, and I remember they were on the schedule. I just hadn't looked that far down to see which place it was. But as you said, uh, they just coming off a state football championship a few days earlier, uh, and I'm sure they're going to be looking forward to getting another shot at you when that, especially on their home court uh, later on in the season. They will be, Mike. And anytime you play a team multiple times, I think the advantage goes maybe to the to the underdog, so to speak, because maybe they took your best shot the first time. But having been in this position in the past, where, where you play teams multiple times, 
the start to that game will be especially important because if you can come out and assert yourselves early, many times you can get an opponent to remember what happened the mm-hmm. first time, so to speak, and and you can you can get that game in hand early on. Uh, when we do start to see teams for a second time later in our schedule, uh, we'll have to really get off to some good starts. Yeah, and, and their new head coach uh, made the comment uh, that obviously they look like a, a team that uh, had I had only just a couple of practices and one game. That might be so, but the proof is in the numbers because defensively you were very consistent. You held your three opponents to an average of 30 points a game. So uh, that's a trend right there. Right. I, I don't know that it matters if you're rusty or not when you're – ran off the three-point line consistently when you're not allowed to have easy layups and and, and when the defense is forcing uh, tough mid-range jump shots. I, I think more than anything, that's a product of a group of guys defensively working their tails off and, and executing scouting reports on their opponents, and I think that's what our guys did all week long. Well, let's move into the championship game on Saturday afternoon. Good contingent of Ada fans were there all three days, including the uh, uh, the championship game on Saturday afternoon against the, the Joplin Eagles and uh, a team that uh, – I was, I was actually uh, visiting with – well, it was my daughter I was visiting with. She was down doing video for uh, for KSN, and we were talking before the game. It was kind of a – it was a game of basketball players against athletes. And I think that's a pretty that was a, that's a pretty accurate description. Joplin blessed with very good athletes, again, coming off a state championship football run that they finished second in. Uh, but a, a team that can just – if you want to run with somebody, they, they can run with you. And uh, I knew it was going to be a challenge going in. But, again, your defense holds this Joplin team down to 29 points, and you win at 44-29. You're not setting the world on fire offensively, but you don't have to. No, and if we wanted to, Mike, we could play a style where we would, I think, pretty easily put up 65, 75, 80 points a game. That is not always going to be the style that gives us the best chance to win games and be successful over the long term, especially against teams like Joplin – lower possession games where they have to guard for long periods of time. Uh, that's what gives us the best chance of, to win, and our, our guys have done a good job of understanding that. While it may be a little bit more fun at times to, to run and gun and let it fly, winning and that feeling in the fourth quarter when you have the game in hand, that that feeling is more fun than anything. So we're going to continue to play the style that gives us the best chance to win, and hats off to our guys for understanding that. And, and for being able to dictate the pace. And then, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Joplin. You know, you said athletes versus basketball players. Very athletic. They've got some really good players over there as well. And I think you know, the always right kid, I think we did a good job on him in that game. But he's a heck of a basketball player as well. Um, the young man, the Kari Allen that led them in scoring, he's a good basketball player, led them, led them uh, in scoring against us. Um, and, and, again, this is a team that while we don't have them on the schedule – uh, in the Kaminsky, there's a chance we could maybe maybe see them again, and uh, uh, that that's a team that that can beat I think just about anybody in the state when they're all clicking and all on the same page. And there, that's another team that they hadn't all been together for all that long either after after a little bit of a football run. So I think Coach Hafer and the Eagles are going to have a lot of success this season. Big day for Dalton Gaiman. He ends up with 23 points in the ball game. Had a phenomenal day shooting the basketball and going 11 of 14 from the field. I got that three-pointer to go, one of two from the three-point line, but 11 of 14 on the day, 23 points, and uh, uh, he had to take on uh, some of their bigger players down inside, and he was, again, just a force inside the paint. He was, and, and they ran some really athletic dudes at him and, and tried to be physical with him, tried to double-team from behind, and 
in, in one, our guards did a good job of understanding that's where we needed to go, especially with the way they were guarding Logan Applegate, that going through Dalton was going to be our best option. Got him the ball in transition, got him the ball early, and then Dalton took it from there and did a great job being strong, uh, not forcing too much, trying to get to the foul line, and then and then really just attacking the basket, making them guard him. And Dalton will be the first one to tell you that maybe on Friday night – didn't have his best game. Things just weren't clicking for him necessarily. He did not let that linger, didn't let that hang around. And really even in the second half of that game on Friday, kind of kicked some of those early game struggles and then and then turned right back around on Saturday and had a heck of a ball game. So we're really proud of his efforts from Saturday. Again, limited Joplin, just 21%, sorry, uh, 35% shooting from the field, uh, uh, 3 of 14 from the line. Again, 12 of 34 overall from the field while you – Shot your ever steady 56% from the field, including 40% from the three-point line, uh, four of 10 shooting. So uh, pretty much a, a lot of similarities between the Joplin and the Carthage games. There were, and, and even going into the Pittsburgh game, Mike, we talked about how these athletic teams, if you turn the ball over, they're going to score most of the time off of a turnover. And then there's a saying in coaching that a bad shot is just like a turnover because many times a bad shot is a hard, quick rebound and the team's off and running. So I think a lot of our defensive success can also be attributed to that offensive efficiency. When the other team's taking the ball out of the net, uh, it really slows down the transition game. And, and, and our guys have understand, understood that to this point and done a great job of it, and we hope it continues throughout this week. We talked uh, last week uh, as well, I can't remember if it was pregame or postgame, about how you, you mentioned how the Pittsburgh game may have been a blessing in disguise because knowing, knowing that it showed you had to fix some things in the second half playing with the lead in that fourth quarter. <clears throat> Pardon me, but uh, in the second half of the Carthage game, and then it especially stood out in the Joplin game, where just absolutely ran Joplin ragged in the fourth quarter, making them chase back and forth across the court. People, if they people may not realize that that's only just a couple of days apart from Pittsburgh uh, to the Carthage tournament, and uh, and it's just like night and day in that second half. It's a, it's a sign of a of a special group when you can learn a lesson that quickly. And see the the turnaround that that quickly. I mean, these guys, these guys in practice Wednesday, and even even just post game after after the game Tuesday, took to heart the fact that when you have a lead, and you make the other team play defense for long periods of time, you give yourself the best chance to win, and only take shots that you that, that you know are going to go in at that point, or make them come out and foul you. And and again, a sign of a special group that they learned that lesson that they were that coachable, that they were that disciplined on uh, really on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and able to, to really burn the game away. And it's it's no fun to be on defense when a team is that disciplined with a lead the way our guys were, and we're, we're really, really proud of them. Team, we're certainly proud of the championship, and rightfully so. Is it, is it any significance there for your team to, to go into a tournament like that? You beat an Ozark Conference member in Lebanon, and then back-to-back CLC members, four out of the four teams in the semifinals, three out of the CLC – so those who don't know, it's a very large school conference. Uh, what does it say about your team and your program to to come out on top of all of them? Yeah, it says that this group can compete with absolutely anyone, and uh, we've we've seen some of our groups in the last few years that have have won some big ball games, but we haven't had a group to this point have a tougher five game schedule than what this group has faced thus far, and and really, you know, obviously at five and zero, oh, um, I don't know that anyone could have expected that, and and it just I think I think we knew it. I think these guys knew it. Um, but it's it just some validation that these guys can beat anyone that we play, and that 
and that this is I'll just I'll just point this out Mike when the district uh, pairings came out and people saw that we were matched up with Grandview again I just got some of that well dang it here we go again you know let's let's just you know let's just have a good season and see what happens there's no reason for that to be the sentiment and and and, and I think this these guys have proven it early on we can compete with absolutely anyone if we continue to get better throughout the season uh continue to grow uh, that this can be a special group that that can really do some exciting things this year. The Pittsburgh win, I think, takes on even though it was last uh, last week before last Tiger Talks, pro, the last Tiger Talk program, I think takes on a little more significance because uh, if they get the game in, and I assume they are, Pittsburgh plays at Parsons tonight, and there is a ton of media attention on that because it's featuring five between the two teams, five outstanding guards who are going up against each other. So that that even puts a little bit more of a feather in your cap getting that win over Pittsburgh. Oh, absolutely. I think as the season goes along, and, and I, I saw Mount Vernon went down to Monette, and I think won by 30-plus, if not 40. Uh, Pittsburgh's going to have a, a really good season. You're going to see them continue to get better. Um, the teams, again, that, that you know, I think we may be Lebanon's only loss to this point. So – you're going to see these teams have success. They lost Saturday to Ray Did Peck. they lose Saturday to Ray Peck? Well, uh, as the season goes along, mm-hmm. you will see these teams have success, and, and I think it will be uh, just, like you said, just a feather in the cap and just uh, some affirmation uh, that, that this group has picked up some quality wins to this point. Now, next they got third in the tournament. Uh, Ray Moore Peculiar got uh, fifth, and uh, West Plains last year's winner got seventh. Uh, knocking out Belton in the uh, the first game of the day early on Saturday afternoon, and just kind of goes to show you what graduation losses can do to you. It can. It, it's and that's another thing about this group. People for for several years here have talked about each year who who we've lost and how will we replace that. Well, when you have guys who are who who will put in the time in the gym like this group has, it's 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 not so much a matter of who who you've lost as. What is this current group capable of? And and uh, yeah, good job, you know. Uh, while we miss those guys in spirit, our guys have made up for it on the court. That the, the guys that we've lost over the last couple of years, and, and we're just as strong, if not stronger, than we've ever been. Well, Nevada's got two more tournaments uh, to play in the the regular season. Both will be very tough. Uh, the Comiskey Classic in Joplin just added to the first of the year, and then uh, a couple of weeks after that, the the Frontenac tournament. And we certainly are familiar with how those fields have looked over the over the years. So. Uh, Again, some great tests coming up for the Nevada Tigers in tournament play. And they've got more uh, coming up before we even get to the holiday break. Uh, and we're going to talk about that tomorrow night's game against Pleasant Hill and then a game against Saturday against Willard. So let's break those down. You were supposed to play Pleasant Hill tonight. Uh, obviously, the weather, uh, especially up and around the Pleasant Hill area, dictated that they got pushed back a day to tomorrow night. Uh, they've been off. They've gotten off a little bit of a rough season, uh, one in three uh, did win their last outing against Kansas City East. Uh, talk about the Roosters and uh, what you see out of them for the matchup tomorrow night at their place. They're always really well coached and disciplined, and they play teams sometimes closer than what uh, talent would 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 maybe uh, predict. They lost three seniors from last year's squad, uh, uh, returned two starters, and uh, five total lettermen from last year's team. They like to shoot the three ball. They've got two or three. Uh, little guards who are a little bit undersized, but will really let it fly. And, and I think on a night where a couple of those guys get hot, they they have a chance to compete and have a chance to beat maybe some more athletic teams. So it will be key for us to, to run those guys off the three-point line and to rebound because whenever you let it fly that often from that deep, there's a lot of offensive rebounding opportunities. In the film I've watched, a lot of the buckets they did get 
we're on second chance opportunities. So that's an emphasis in practice today as we go into that game tomorrow to to run them off the line and be ready to rebound uh, some some long misses at times. With the, with the change in uh, the schedule, did that throw any wrinkles in or any any uh, speed bumps into your preparation uh, with? Uh, you know, coming off the, the game on Saturday and you're anticipating playing today, did that change in schedule throw you any, any wrinkles along the way? You know, Mike, I, I almost think it, it could have been a blessing because having played three games in three days and, and playing in the championship on Saturday, it allowed us Monday afternoon, we, we simply had a quick, uh, like an hour-long shoot-around where, and it was optional, where I think probably 80%, 90% of our guys got into the gym, uh, got a lot of shots up, had some fun. Um, so, so they they weren't completely off, but it was a day where their legs were rested. Today's practice will be a, a typical pregame practice, like Monday would have been, but with an extra day of rest. And then instead of playing Friday, we play Saturday. So this the, the weather thing really didn't hurt us at all, and then it's something we're we're making the best of. And I think our guys will really be ready to play uh, uh, tomorrow. And that'll be a three-game night at Pleasant Hill tomorrow night, starting with a C-team game at 5, followed by the Junior Varsity and the, the Varsity uh, tomorrow night at Pleasant Hill. Again, the Nevada Lady Tigers are playing at home against Pleasant Hill, so we'll have to split the crowd tomorrow night. But uh, if you can't get to Pleasant Hill, we'll have the coverage for you tomorrow on uh, 97.5 FM, KNMO, audio stream, and we'll have Nevada Mo TV at Pleasant Hill for the uh, video coverage, so you can actually be at the girls' game and watch the boys at the same time. We'll try to make it convenient for you. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, but at any rate, that leads you to your final game before the holiday break, and that'll be this Saturday. Again, returning to the Fourth State Challenge down at Webb City. Uh, I think for the third game of the day of the five, five or six are being played. Right kind of in the middle of the day. 2.30 against the Willard Tigers. And uh, Willard, uh, again, another one of those teams. It's going to be a nice measuring stick to, to see how good you are. They're 5-1 and one and uh, uh, got some good talent over there for the Tigers. Uh, they will be our toughest test today, Mike. They've returned the COC Player of the Year and Daniel Abreu, who I think averaged about 27 points a game last year. And like you talked about earlier, the COC, one of the best best basketball conferences in the, in the state of Missouri, uh, heck of a player. I mean, about 6'6", six, six, can score it from the three-point line, can score it with his back to the basket. And, and talking to other coaches, just draws contact like crazy, spends a lot of time at the free throw line, averages maybe 13 or 14 free throws a game. He'll remind a lot of people of Clay and, and, and some of the things that he's able to do around the basket and his ability to get to the free throw line. Uh, so that will be a unique challenge for us. They've also got a, a guard uh, who's just lightning quick. Uh, they, I think they call him Mo. I couldn't tell you what his what his full name is, but a lightning quick athlete who projects to be a, a Division II type player. So we will have our hands full, but it's a challenge that we're excited for and. Uh, we we can't overlook Pleasant Hill on Wednesday, and that's something mm-hmm. we've talked to our guys about. Take it one game at a time. But this group has proven that the, a challenge is something that they get excited about and something that they're up for, and, and I have no doubt that, that Saturday at Web City will be any different. I want to point out that Daniel Abreu is assumed to be Northwest Missouri State Bearcat. Yeah, and they got a, <laughs> they really got a steal. Um, in talking to a few Division One coaches in the last week uh, on the on the recruiting trail, uh, they, they feel like if he would have waited a little bit, that, that he probably would have been a, a mid-major type player. Mm-hmm. So uh, Northwest got another good one, and they got a chance. They got a knack. They got the Diego Bernard out of San Joe, kind of the same deal. Yep. So yeah, so they've got a knack, and, and success will certainly help that cause. But uh, anyway, that's Saturday at two thirty. It's kind of a fun day, uh, uh, and not kind of. It is a fun day to go down there uh, for this four state challenge. Uh, there's good games in front of you, good games in back. If you if you are just a big lover of basketball, you can't go wrong by uh, 
by hanging around and seeing more than just the Nevada game on Saturday. That's for sure, Mike, and a beautiful facility. Um, if you're like my wife, you'll probably be wanting to do some last-minute <laughs> Christmas shopping. And uh, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a neat event, and we're glad that we're a part of it. And uh, the Web, Web City does a pretty good job of matching teams up uh, with opponents and, and games that are going to make both teams better. And uh, that, that's what we're excited for Saturday is a chance to continue to get better and challenge ourselves against Willard. Kind of a, kind of a good last game for you to have before you go into your extended break uh, uh, because after Saturday you don't play again for almost two weeks uh, until the Clinton game on January the 3rd. So kind of a nice kick into the holiday break. It will be because after playing a team like that, you'll really know where all of your strengths and weaknesses are, which which we maybe would have anyway after, after playing six or seven games. But we'll really be able to assess some things because if, if, if we want to have – have the most successful season possible a win against a team like Willard is something that we'll want to have either this Saturday or later in the year when we see teams like that so uh, it really really will be good for us speaking of that uh, your holiday break is coming up in fact we won't visit again for three weeks until Wednesday January the 8th with uh, Christmas and New Year's falling on Wednesdays on our normal Tiger Talk days we would give you the time off anyway but uh, talk about uh, in our final thing here on this segment about have you mapped out your plan for the for the holiday break and have a good idea what you want to do before you get back into action after the first of the year we have Mike um, just every year you never just depending on where Christmas falls and where your games fall you kind of have to readdress what's best for your group on the practice schedule and the way it works out this year this may be one of the bigger uh, breaks that we take one of the bigger rest periods but we think this is one of the toughest early season schedules we've ever had we think it will be really good for these guys to take some time off to, to recharge the battery so to speak and we have a group that just because there's not practice uh, all signs have pointed to over the years this is a group that that kind of beats the door down wanting to get into the gym and get shots up uh, this is not a group that will sit idly by with their four or five day break that they will get we'll get back in the gym we'll, we'll talk about things that we need to improve on from this first part of the season. We'll really address those things. We'll work to stay in shape, to keep our conditioning. Uh, we'll give a, just a short break, maybe a one- or two-day break for the for the New Year holiday. And then uh, January we'll be here, and we'll be right back to the grindstone getting ready for uh, teams like Clinton and then uh, the Kaminsky Classic in Joplin. All right, look forward to it, and uh, look forward to the two games coming up this week before the holiday break uh, gets here. And uh, tomorrow night at Pleasant Hill on Saturday, again at Webb City against uh, Willard. Again, that's scheduled to start at 2.30 on Saturday if you want to make that haul down there to Joplin and uh, enjoy a good day down there to, with a lot of basketball action and maybe take advantage of uh, uh, maybe some holiday plans for the weekend down that area as well. So appreciate the time. I'm going to see you a couple more times this week. But for this program, we'll say thank you, happy holidays, and uh, we'll see you back on this program after the first of the year. Yep, Merry Christmas to all of our listeners as well. Thanks, Mike. That's Tiger Head Coach Sean Gray. When we come back, it's wrestling. Head Coach David Hawks, Tony Abate has that conversation after this timeout on Tiger Talk.